cue the accordion. I've always wanted to say that. Kick back and get comfy while hosts Heather Wenig and her co-hosts from the Early Childhood Nerd Collective explore ways to cause and effect. Dig that funky accordion. Welcome to another episode of Cause and Effect. I'm Heather Winnig, and I'm here today with Tiffany. That's me. Hi, Tiffany. Tiffany. Actually, I'm not Heather Winnig anymore. I was like, wait. <gasps> You're not. I'm changing my name now. So I'm Heather Burns. Ooh. Heather Burns. <laughs> Used to be nice Heather Winnig. Nice to meet Winnig. you. Yes, thank you. I'm a lot like Heather Winnig. Oh, you look lot. very similar. We have a lot in common. <laughs> similar podcast. I've decided to assume her identity. With <laughs> Okay. Oh, hi, everyone. We're glad you're here listening to the podcast. Sorry about that. Um, so Tiffany and I are going to talk about Emily Plank today. Yeah, we're going to fangirl. Discovering the Culture of Childhood. If you haven't read it, you have to read it, right? It's an immediate classic. Yes. Yeah. Right. I but haven't finished it. I, um, FYI. I was I'm in hard- love, like thoroughly, hardly in love during the introduction like, like yeah like, chapter chapter one. One. I was like yep <laughs> yes this and is I, a keeper <laughs> right everyone regardless of what your role is if you interact with children ever you should read this book yeah. if you interact with humans ever humans, really sure yeah that's a good one you have one of those jobs where you're interacting with other humans mm. yes it's good okay humans looking at other people gotcha. through the lens of understanding their culture right as opposed to just understanding them as an individual, mm-hmm. it's great. Mm-hmm. Or understanding them as you think they should be, <laughs> which is a problem. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So here's our quote. Yeah, I, here's our quote. Yeah. Our quote's not really about culture, but the book mostly is. So today we're doing this one. Interruptions are highly disorienting, and the time it takes to recover from an interruption can interfere with the depth depth of exploration. Word. Yep. Yes. Word. Word. We've actually been spending some time with this, the teachers that I work with um, at our centers, spending some time with this idea, looking at our daily schedules and looking at how often we change from one thing to another and um, putting that in context with play. Um, Because I I have a lot of teachers who say, um, yeah, I want to be play-based. We want to move towards play-based learning, but some kids just don't play. And some kids just wander around and knock things off shelves or break what other kids are playing with. And I think this is a big piece of that. If they've learned not to get involved, 
because yeah. they're just going to have to pick it up and put it all away anyway. Yeah. What? Why would they? You know, we've we've sort of taught them not to get involved. Absolutely. The timing on that. It takes so long to get involved mm-hmm. that I I don't think people realize how long it takes. I mean, it honestly takes me as an adult an hour to get ready for this podcast. <laughs> I was just going to say, how long did it take us both to get all our stuff together and then chit chat? Yeah. And, yeah. and maybe we still don't have it all together, but at least we're moving <laughs> forward. At least we're going. Yeah. 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 Um, and this is the thing that, like, I always try to put things in context of adult life. Right. Because I think it's easier to understand things that you do all the time as an adult and then reframe it. So, like, the podcast for me is, like, I have, I do this a lot. I set this setup up a lot. I'm not reinventing the wheel. I'm literally hooking the same cable to the same spot that I did last time. And it still takes me about an hour to get ready. So, for a kid, inventing a world, yeah, it's going to take a while. Right. Finding <laughs> all the things they need and who's going to be part of it. And, um, yeah. I I. I think I'm trying to remember because I've heard, and it was probably Lisa Murphy who's, who I heard it from, but somebody has said, you know, it takes about 20 or 30 minutes for a child just to get involved. And then that doesn't yeah. count all that engaged play that we hope they're getting ready for. So if we're on a schedule where um, 9 o'clock is circle time and 9.30 is snack and you've got to wash your hands before and after snack and um, then it's another group time and then it's outside and then it and then lunch is at 11 30 there's no time for engaged play no none uh, you have not even scratched the surface yeah. so, so then people are like why don't they ever play and you're like why don't you ever give them time to play <laughs> yeah. fyi yeah <laughs> so what does uh i'm curious about your daily schedule are you a full day are you full day we're full day yeah um our daily schedule goes that we I'll get there by about eight. We play until like nine thirty, nine forty-five. We have snack. We go outside. Yeah, that's a good stretch. Eight and to then, 9:45. yeah, yeah. And then we, uh. We go outside for as long as we can take it. Right now, it's shorter. Um, During the beginning of the school year, it was eat snack when you're hungry. The door to outside is open all the time, and we do this until 11. Uh Um, That's my favorite time, when it's nice enough outside to prop the door. Oh, so it just changed because of weather, not because... Right, yeah. Someone told you you couldn't do it that way anymore. Right, yeah, the, the weather made it. Yeah. It takes so long to get everyone in the rain gear. <laughs> and you don't want to have that thing happen where, like, somebody didn't have snack, and then they're in the rain gear, and then they're hungry. So now we have it where, like, okay, everybody eats, and then we all go outside. And then we come in, and we read a story mm-hmm. and talk about our day. And then we have lunch. Nice. Um, is What's that, your schedule? Well, you, I mean... What? We're we're moving. We're in between that very regimented schedule that I just talked about and mm-hmm. this sort of more open, free thing mm-hmm. um, that that we want to get towards. There's, you know, the barriers are things like we're on the food program, so yeah, um, you know, you have to have scheduled meal times because they have to know when they can come in and 
and do their monitors and um, yep. the playground space is shared by a couple different classrooms for each age range and um, the only so many children fit you know there's the capacity on the playground is 24 or something so um, we can only have one group out there at the same time so there's a little bit of of figuring that we have to do but mm-hmm. those are not unsurpassable I mean those are things that we can certainly work around um, yeah the harder thing, I think that's that's like a reality of life yeah. you don't just get some days you get these beautiful uninterrupted stretches to putz around and do whatever. But most days it's like, well, and then, you know, like I have to, I have a lunch date at noon. Yeah. So I've got to like work around. I think learning how to pause is also valuable. Yeah. Is I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, I just, I think there's a lot of um, unlearning that has to happen too for a teacher to really, or any care provider to to move to shift that way to having less or fewer interruptions um, Mm -hmm. in the same way that you know trying to move them away from themed lesson planning they have to unlearn a lot of stuff before they can go even if they're willing Mm -hmm. and like the idea um, Mm -hmm. we grab we all you know we're humans we grab the tools that we're most familiar with and we use them um, unless we're you know really intentional about practicing with those new tools i guess my metaphor was falling yeah. apart on me yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, um so did you have you have you worked in a program that was more regimented schedule wise oh my goodness yes so how did you make the shift or was it easy for you or uh you it, it was in? more like i personally had to make the shift and what I, it's it gets increasingly when you you get to that point where before you knew better mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. it gets increasingly harder and harder and harder to see a child super deep in play learning a ton and then say like nope we need to clean up so we can learn something else now <laughs> sorry about like, you you're learning <laughs> yeah i feel like i get elbows deep with them at this point uh, like yeah. i am usually the one who's like oh you guys we have to go home in five minutes. Did you realize that? I was having, I was like so focused over here. Uh-huh. Do you know that? Because I didn't know that. <laughs> like, time flies. Yeah. When you're really like deep in the learning and deep in the play, time goes by really fast. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good point because I think too, sometimes interruptions aren't just, um, we have to go do a new thing now. Sometimes interruptions are stupid questions. Or, mm-hmm. um, what, what do you mean stupid questions? Well, like, oh, what color is your train when they're, yeah, when they're deep in building a track yeah. or, um, or something like, uh, what letter is that? <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Um, so sometimes, um, I think maybe teachers interrupt in that way. Sometimes I think it's boredom because they aren't knee deep in the play like you're describing and they're kind of yeah. just sitting around and they feel like they need to teach something. So they throw in a question or two. Um, mm-hmm. Or so the teacher needs to feel valuable and doesn't know how. Right. They don't know. They don't they aren't clear on what their role is while a child is engaged in play. Um, yeah. And I think your role can be to get engaged in the play with them if you're welcome and invited mm-hmm. um, to get engaged in your own play nearby. 
mm-hmm. um, or just to watch and not get in, you know not interrupt but as we become more skilled observers because for some people too I think that gets boring just writing down what they say but as you get more skilled at wondering while you're observing mm-hmm. and thinking mm-hmm. what you'll do with it then you're less likely to feel like you need to butt in and, yeah and make something happen um, absolutely that's um with this quote my first question was does this mean that we should never interrupt a child i don't think it means that okay good <laughs> um i think that you have some poop crawling up the back of your shirt maybe we <laughs> should stop playing and take care of that i think that's a valid interruption <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> poop oh, is always gosh. first poop always comes yeah. to mind first yeah that would be a good one I think it's with the interruption it's easy to tell when it's a welcome interruption and not sure how you know um, somebody's painting at the easel and you walk up and you're like oh what are you working on and they like give you that <laughs> blank face huh it's like oh sorry you're busy you know but sometimes you walk up and it's the same kid, different day. Hey, what are you working on? Oh, yesterday we saw this elephant. And then they like yeah. proceed to tell you the story of what they're working on because they're accessing the easel in a different way today than they were yesterday. Or just in a different mood today than they were yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're not uh, mad at you today. Yeah. Like they were yesterday. <laughs> that, um, that why are you bothering me with this nonsense face is one of my favorite things about working with kids <laughs> when you yes. can just see that they are not having it uh-huh and they just look go back to their work and give you the look and go back to the work uh-huh ah, I love and it. that that is i think what this quote speaks to me about the most as far as teachers that don't see that difference mm-hmm. i think that's an important thing that you need to learn as a teacher is how to look at something and say like oh I'm not welcome here and it's interesting like that can be your play as the teacher like what makes this unwelcome for me as the teacher Mm -hmm. is it because they're really deep into the process right now and they don't have the language to go with it Mm -hmm. do they need the language to go with it Mm -hmm. do they need them do they need more space to have more alone time do I need to respect their personal space? <laughs> yes, yeah. All of the above. Uh, yeah, yeah, it could be so many things. <laughs> and that's, you know, so I know I've talked a lot in different episodes about trying to move with the teachers that I work with to this new way of planning curriculum. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that's involved in it is looking at teacher behavior as a teaching tool or as a method of helping children learn. And I think that's a yeah. good example where you could you could say okay this week i really want to to try to wait for an invitation before joining a child who's playing and that's that's teaching yeah. um it it doesn't seem like active teaching and it doesn't look like your memories of elementary school or whatever but but that's a really for example um you know approaches to learning and positive approaches to learning and children just feeling 
like they can be successful with learning is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and we're just, I'm reading more and more that that's really one of the most important things about for getting children ready for school is to focus on these positive approaches to learning. And one of them is persistence. And one of them is being able to stay with a task, which is, you know, they're sort of the same thing or flexibility. And um, we sort of teach against that when we interrupt too much. Yeah. Um, I, you know, someone's deeply engaged in something and we have this almost selfish need to get involved in it and we're working against a skill that they really need to have as they get older yeah Um, especially that teacher need to like oh what letter is this what color is this what 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 like let me just grill you with questions and that it it promotes that yep like goldfish (laughs) mentality yeah Yeah. but uh, you so much so much of what I guess, interferes with really just doing what children need from us is ego, teacher ego, I think. And that's yeah. a, a few things we've talked about here so far, even now, are all about how the teacher's feeling and what the teacher thinks needs to happen or what the adult um, thinks needs to be happening. Um, and we just, we need to let go of that when we're working yep. with children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're writing something. I'm right now. You just said, like, how do you check your teacher ego? Because that's what this is all about. Yeah. Okay. So, what do you think? How can we? Uh, You're writing it to think about later. Both. Yeah. I mean, awareness, of course, is the big thing. Just understanding that that's something you need to think about. Yeah. Um, And I think look, thinking about your interactions as guidance versus interruption. Right. Yeah. Am I just doing this to feel like I'm doing something mm-hmm. or do I see you struggling and I'm going to say, hey, do you want help? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it was Janet Lansbury on on her Facebook page a couple of weeks ago, maybe just a week ago, posted a challenge for 2017 to just write the word acknowledge on your hand. And her, mm. her thinking, hers was really focusing on helping children dealing with their emotions. And mm-hmm. so the acknowledge on your hand would be a reminder to pause before you react or respond to that emotion and acknowledge the feeling first before you go into anything else. And I think that might be something, too. And if maybe you write ego, maybe you write pause, whatever it is. But yeah. something, something visual like that, um, I always look for some sort of visual cue for myself when I'm trying to shift my thinking. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. We're going to, so if you guys do that, if you write ego on your hand, send us pictures. Yeah. <laughs> we want to see ego. pictures of your ego. <laughs> puppets. Tiff and I are both doing really bad hand puppets. Oh, <laughs> uh, here's, here's a question crumbles, I have. We can move into puppetry. <laughs> Our, that's our fallback. <laughs> What's I hear it's very lucrative. <laughs> What's your question? My question is, how do you convey this idea of uh, avoiding interrupting the play? How do you convey that to guests in the room? Visitors? Mm. Volunteers? Mm-hmm. Uh, bosses that come in? Uh. Well, or do you? Is it important? That's what I was going to ask. I don't think I would feel like I needed to unless they asked me about it. Um, if it was a volunteer 
who was going to be in the classroom a lot. There's an emergency. I don't know if you can hear. Fire trucks are racing past my house. They saw our puppets and they were like, those are so bad. We have to stop this right now. Burn the house down. <laughs> they better not burn my house down. I got a party on Saturday. Mm. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, a we were talking about conveying to a yeah. volunteer who's like a regular if frequently regularly in, the in the classroom. Then that would just be part of the here's how we do things in here kind yeah. of orientation or whatever. And maybe a boss, too. I'd want to talk that through a bit. I, I, I guess I don't know that it's always necessary. Yeah. What, what do you think? Um, I struggle with the regular volunteer situation. Mm-hmm. Because I want the volunteer to feel valued. And I don't, like, how do you teach someone? It, here's what I'm trying to say. It takes years of practice to get good at not interrupting children. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you have a volunteer who's there with you for a year, how do you, like, graciously love and accept their volunteering? <laughs> yet maintain that trying not to interrupt mm-hmm. is that just through modeling can you do that through modeling i think so and is um, there a point where you would say like hey i've noticed you interrupt the kids a well, lot well maybe <laughs> i mean maybe honestly if we um, you know i've in the last year i've also been throwing conversations back to uh it's lisa murphy again but the who what are we doing why are we doing it who is it for yeah. um if we could make a strong case that interrupting children is damaging to their learning and we're only but we're making our decision about how to handle that interruption on the adult needs do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. there's part of me yeah. that says the, the children's needs come first and if the adult's feelings get hurt then that's too bad yeah but I know real world is then you got to work with that negative energy in the classroom. Yeah. And, and then like, you know, maybe it's a parent of a child in your class or. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Parent volunteers. That's a little I don't know. But there, so there's a, a technique that I that I like a lot that I learned from a book called Coaching with Powerful Interactions. Um, and it's written by there's three or four authors. But Judy Jablon is the main person that I remember. Um Maybe Amy Laura Dombro's in there. Anyway, they talk a lot about strength-based articulation, where you see something a teacher's doing well, um, and it's more than just catching them being good or whatever. So you mm-hmm. say, um, I, I could tell you kind of wanted to get involved in that play, and you didn't. When you did that, you helped that child keep focus. That contributes to positive approaches to learning. So I appreciate that. So it's more than just giving them a compliment. It's connecting what the specific thing that you saw them do well to why it matters for the children and then just moving on. And yeah, as you do yeah. that more and more, then they start to find more ways to do the same thing. Does that make sense? I'm, I'm sort of yeah. jumbling up a wonderful book. <laughs> yeah, um, that makes sense. So, so instead of coming at it with like, you interrupt all the time. It's annoying. Find the time that they didn't. <laughs> yeah. And make that connection for them. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe that's more effective. But I, you know, it's more than just, I, I hesitate to give just that little simple summary of the of the technique because it's not 
you know, catch them being good and give them a sticker, <laughs> which right. is not effective. But right. um, it's like look at the people. cause and effect. Yeah. Yeah. Of you as a human in the room. Right. Giving the rationale for why it's important and the mm-hmm. specific example of what you did, um, what they did that was good. So that that book is one of the two reasons I bought my five hundred dollar iPad. Ooh. <laughs> because at the time it was only available through iBooks. <laughs> oh. Was it worth it? It was worth it. Was it. Such... it was a thirty four dollar book that cost me $534. Nick Companion is the other thing. Oh, Nick Companion. I got the iPad for, so. Oh, it's so worth it. It really is. We should pop about that sometime. Oh, I Nick Companion. We should have a delightful knitting. We'll use a knitting quote as a metaphor sometime. A delightful one. A delightful one. Yeah. I'm thinking it should probably be... Who's that saucy old lady, Elizabeth? Elizabeth Zimmerman. Elizabeth Zimmerman. Let's find a good Elizabeth Zimmerman yeah. book to do. Yeah. And or just yarn heard out about yarn overs. Mm, yeah. Yarn, yarn Harlot's good, we too. Get them both. I'm sure they both talk about kids. One knows that Yarn Harlot does. Mm, um, mm-hmm. So anyway, interruptions are bad. And we shouldn't yeah. do them. We shouldn't do them. When are interruptions good? Well... When there's a poopy we mess. We talked about the poopy mess. Because um, uh, I feel like there's this dangerous road of like, well, yeah. should I never interrupt? Right. Tiff and Heather said and never it... interrupt. Yeah. <laughs> the podcast said. <laughs> Emily Plank said. <laughs> um, so would you say like mm-hmm. personal safety and oh, well-being? Sure. Yeah. At least. Well, yeah. I mean, I'd move close before I interrupt, just move close and see if it resolves itself before I really interrupt. But yeah, personal safety, of course. Yeah. Um, While I have a reputation that says I would allow children to climb on roofs and swing from ceilings, (laughs) (laughs) I actually do consider their welfare. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I hope my boss listens to this. Um, what else? Well, if mom and dad are there. That's like the gold standard. I know. I took it as a compliment that people thought that I would let kids crawl on the roof. I know. That's the Yeah. Um, And if you did, you would make sure that you had assessed the risk. And it was a a valuable risk to take. Right. Yes, I would. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, personal safety would be a reason for interrupting. Um... Other than that, real, what I, I'm having trouble. That the pickup time, the yeah, like but necessary. Even, yeah, even pickup time. Like I don't. I I see teachers who. How do I want to say this? Like I really, when I was picking my children up at childcare, loved to be able to sit and watch them for a while if they were engaged in something. Um, yeah, but I see many times. As soon as we see the car in the parking lot, we're getting that kid worked up and maybe interrupting play that way, Mm -hmm. which is different, I think, than the interruption being the child sees mom or dad and chooses to leave their play. Yeah. Um, That's that's a little bit different. So maybe that's not. Hmm. I think that's a it depends too. that pickup thing. I mean, eventually, you got to interrupt them and take them home. 
Ooh, let's play let's play a game. Okay. Interruption or not. Okay. Is Snapping it an interruption title. to step in and say, hey, in about five minutes or whenever you're done, we're going to have lunch? Um, I don't know that it's an interruption, but is it helpful? Does five minutes mean anything? I don't know. I know. I, I guess it's a preparation regardless of whether they understand yeah, what the five minutes is. It gives them time to prepare. Yeah. But they can continue. It's more like when you reach a good stopping point. Yeah. Hey, when you're done with that book. Yeah. Because, well, mm -hmm, no, I think that's not an interruption. But the actual act of saying you need to clean up for lunch is definitely an interruption. interruption, But an unavoidable one, Mm -hmm. probably. Mm -hmm. Although I wouldn't pull a kid kicking and screaming away from play to the table just because it was lunchtime. Right. Agreed. If I could, I would save a little lunch for when he was ready. Mm-hmm. But I've seen it work out the other way. Because <laughs> <laughs> my golly, lunch is, is it, important. Ooh, okay. So let's riff off of that for a moment. Okay. I've seen the so deep in play that I have ignored all of my bodily needs. <laughs> yes. I'm starving. I'm tired. <laughs> I need an external reminder to put this away and come back to it later. Would you let that kid in like an ideal, idealized in Heather and Tiffany's re- school republic or whatever? <laughs> would you let them continue until they reach that conclusion? Or would, would you it, step it, in and say like, I would, can tell you're very hungry. <laughs> it would depend on what I was seeing that told me that they were very hungry or very tired or had ignored their bodily needs for all that time. Is it just me assuming that because of the clock? Or am I seeing some cues that they're starting to maybe lose control a little bit? That they do need me to come in and offer that boundary. Um, Mm -hmm. So then I think, because that's still child-directed. That's still child-focused. We're reading the child's cues to figure out what he needs or she needs. Um, And so that would be in the column of acceptable interruption. With an asterisk down at the bottom of the page. Why do you (laughs) think this is what he needs? (laughs) Right. That was a good long answer. That was a good long answer. Um, let's keep playing this I'm game, interruption or not an interruption. <laughs> okay. Uh, is it an interruption if... Ooh. If um, a kid is painting or playing or doing something and they're, like, looking around as if they need something and then you bring something over that's clearly what they were looking for. Hmm. I don't think so, but it would, it would depend. Makes you think though, right? Yes, it does. Like, is my bringing over a crayon when you're looking for something to write your name an interruption of your learning how to find it yourself? Oh, sure. Um, Yeah, I would pause to see if they can find it themselves first, because that's problem solving, which is another one of those positive approaches to learning and independence and all that stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it would depend whether they continue or whether giving them that tool takes them in a different direction or ends that first thing that they were doing. Mm-hmm. Then it would be, then I think it would be an interruption. Mm-hmm. Not to say yeah, it shouldn't. Yeah, it changes the, the direction of the play. Maybe. Because that's, there's that line, I, I use the finding a 
pencil to write your name one a lot. Yeah. Because if I'm sitting at a thing and I'm like, oh, oh, I need a pen and someone hands me a pen, it's like I haven't been totally curtailed. It's like I actually get to continue because someone helped me. Right. Yeah. Yes, I could get up and walk around and dig through that thing and find a pen. But, like, is that the goal right now? Mm Mm-hmm. That's a good question to always think about when we're trying to decide if it's an interruption or not is what's the goal of what I'm about to do. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's also that, like, am I helping you learn how to problem solve or am I just being a jerk? Yeah. Or am I... That comes up with a pencil one a lot for me. (laughs) Like, Or am I teaching you? Where could you find that crayon? Like, they know. Yeah. Or am I teaching you that you can't depend on me? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So many asterisks. Yeah. A lot to think about. Yeah. And I I think with something as abstract as am I interrupting, uh, when you are not interrupting, you don't notice it. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. Someone asks you for a pencil and you hand it to them and you move on with your day and you aren't thinking to yourself, was handing them a pencil the right thing to do? Was that one of the pencils I've had in my mouth? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'd be wondering if I handed it to somebody. <laughs> was that one of my good ones? Am I ever going to get it back? <laughs> yeah. So it would be an interruption for me because pens are really important to me. <laughs> Oh man, for whatever reason, handing them the teacher pen, we don't, we have just like a huge bucket of them for the kids, but Uh if it's the pen from my hand, (laughs) then it's like, it's special. (laughs) Thank you for letting me use your pen. Of course. I'm like, I don't, you can keep it. Like, I don't, there's a, like, I, I took it from the same bucket you would have. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But so here's the flip side. If, you know, if some kid is struggling looking for a crayon and you're like well where do we keep crayons in our room we had to put them away because you weren't using them right (laughs) yeah Hmm. so where are they and then suddenly they're just like i don't know where they are i give up i move on i don't even care then you're like oh crap that was not yeah what they needed right oops (laughs) yeah well then you just learn and move forward Mm mm-hmm for it Hmm. You got to learn and move forward. That's all you can do. Yeah. All you can do. Yeah. It might be time for another Before We Knew Better episode. Oh, yeah. I think maybe is what I'm what I'm learning here today. Hmm. Because this Hmm. is bringing up some stuff. I know. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Oh, it is. So I, I, I think I have to wrap this one up, Tiff. Yeah, I think we've reached a good stopping point. Good. Perfect timing because it's time for me to go play taxi driver. (laughs) Mm, It's time for me to finish curling my hair because that's how exciting I spend my last day before going back to school. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, this was good. Thanks. Everybody read the Emily Plank book. Yeah. Discovering the Culture of Childhood. Um, We we might might have to do some quotes from that. Yeah, I have a lot of them. Mm -hmm. um, That's one of my favorite things about the Kindle when you highlight on it. You can then just pull up the notes. That's everything you highlighted. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll pull that Love out it. and we'll we'll do another one. All right. Any last things you want to say? Uh, don't stress about it. Just, you know, try not to interrupt as much. Yeah. Take it seriously, but don't stress about it. Yeah. 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 
check your ego. Yeah. <laughs> All well. right. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Tiffany. Thank we'll you, Heather, ya. for having me. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you again on Cause and Effect. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.